1: Your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs.
0: Thank you, Mark LeMay. Welcome back into the asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs right here on fakepigskin.com. And coming to you, getting ready for week number seven already in the NFL. Pushing the halfway point. And they're playing in England again this week, Rick.
1: Oh, God, why? I don't well, but not, it's not
0: a 9.30 game.
1: Yeah. yeah if you're going to do it, I think it should be a 9.30 game. At least, you know, give me a reason to get out of bed before noon. Well,
0: at least Arizona doesn't have to travel, what, 12 hours back in time. Right. You yeah, know, that's and, true. But, you know, they have to go that that kind of a distance. At least it's at night. But, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting fantasy week. I think there's only two teams on a bye, yeah. Houston and Detroit. Ex- explain that one to I me. I do In weeks
1: eight and nine, they're half shutting down the league. Why not just even – I don't understand the bye structure. It probably has something to do with TV sweeps or some junk. I, I don't have any idea, but it don't make a lick of sense to me.
0: No, you're right. But let's get moving here because a lot of fantasy stuff we got to cover. And fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, you need to try the new best ball leagues on our favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You draft the team, and that's basically it, Rick. Not even you could mess that up. Nope. It's season long, but with no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every single week. No worry about injuries. In fact, you never have to worry about them ever again because it's best ball. You draft the team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part? Playing for cash, baby. Yeah, baby. Leagues start from just $3. So there's a league for everyone, there's no salary caps. You play in a real live snake draft just like you do with your friends. For a limited time, though, all new players get a free entry into. A $3 best ball draft when you make your very first deposit. But you have to use our promo code. Fake Pigskin. That's right. I still remember. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code. Fake Pigskin. <laughs> your first deposit in draft. So just search draft in the app store or go to the playdraft.com. Come play free with promo code.
1: Hold on a minute. It'll come to me. Um, uh, fake Pigskin, right? You got it, man. Woohoo. All right, let's do it. Hard to believe we're about halfway through this. Let me tell you this about draft, though. Seriously, we'll give a little added value plug here, Rick. I've documented my success as well up a little bit not as high as i normally was but up again last week just keep chiseling away with it making real money but they do some cool things what's your email if you're playing this i haven't been the beneficiary of one but i'm sure lots of guys have they do something every week the promotion this week was if you lost by a tenth of a point they gave you your entry feedback. There was the week Jordy Nelson went right, down, yeah. Jordy, Jordan Howard went down, and there was a third Jordan, Jordan Reed, maybe. And if you had two or more of the Jordans, Matthews
0: was Matthews, yeah.
1: maybe you had two or more of the Jordans on your team, you got your entry feedback. They're doing a lot of cool things there, they're doing it right. So, so cool. check it out, go over and play it. But somebody who's not doing it right, not that it's his fault, but it's not right for the league, it's not right for fantasy owners, and it's certainly not right for the Green Bay Packers. Rick, I think it's by law we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers on IR. No real timetable yet. Be surprised if he comes back at the before the end of the season here, unless they're able to make the playoffs.
0: Well, fantasy wise, he's done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there's that's no question about that, and we know. They don't care about our fantasy football teams, no. but since we're talking yeah. about it, we, we do. do. We
1: do. At least my team. Exactly. I don't care about your team necessarily.
0: But um, no, I mean that, that's a severe injury. Went under the knife, and uh, it takes a while. I know my kid had a shattered collarbone. Put plates and screws in there. It was it was
1: pretty messy. Yeah, yeah, no good. So, you know that that is what it is. It's obviously terrible for Aaron Rodgers' owners. You, know, you took him in the second round third round if you really got lucky you're in a lot of trouble so so we'll look at later maybe it's some quarterbacks you can pick up sort of keep your keep your head above water what I wonder is what this means for Jordy Nelson Devontae Adams to a lesser extent Randall Cobb in that running game what this means for that offense in general with Brent Hundley under center
0: all relies on Brent Hundley yeah yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, when Brett Favre was there, who's this Rodgers kid? That's true. That's you true. Know, so who knows? I mean, it would be nice to see him succeed, and uh, you know, step into the limelight, and um, know that they're in good hands. Do a Garoppolo, like when Brady was out, would be very nice. But uh, you know, time will tell. Yeah. They're a good team, but they are they're banged up team, yeah. and you know, they ran through Aaron Rodgers, and that's the key.
1: Yeah, and. And, and that's the thing. The, the defense isn't good enough to win a championship, right? Anybody who predicted Green Bay to win a championship, I don't, frankly, Rick, remember if I did. I think I had them in the Super Bowl or darn close to it if I didn't. But you're counting all that on Aaron Rodgers. On if your defense gives up 30, he's going to drive you down and get you to 33. If you 40, 43, 17, he's going to get you 20. Right? That that's who they are. They don't play good defense. The offensive line is all beat up. You you've got sort of a split at the running back position right now. Doesn't set up well for them going forward. So you know I don't know how much it affects the running game. I guess you have to respect the passing game less we'll we'll find out if Ty Montgomery was the real deal or that was some Aaron Rodgers fear plus whatever you know whatever the Jones fallout is from whatever amount of workload he gets but you look I think Jordy Nelson is still Jordy Nelson right he's an elite wide receiver in this league it's been very rare he's played without Aaron Rodgers but it has happened and from what I saw, his numbers were relatively comparable anyhow. It looked like Hundley, and it, it's so hard with the, the emotion of a guy going out and Hundley just stepping in, but it looked like there was a little something there with Devontae Adams. That That's the right. one that stuck out to me. Randall Cobb, after starting out hot, above Adams, now he's sort of cooled off even with Aaron Rodgers. He's the one, I don't know how many times Randall Cobb's going to come up on a fantasy show if this isn't the situation, but I, I think you worry about it there. Could I believe be. he's in the mailbag quite frankly oh okay. yeah. well, there we go so well we're getting into buy well we only got two but you're getting into buy weeks injuries and in, everybody and buys, well we're gonna get yeah. that this is I, instead of calling this headlines rick i'm just gonna start labeling this the mash unit it is every it week. really is
0: and looking at green bay's schedule going forward they're at home against the saints they're at home against the lions at chicago at home against baltimore at pittsburgh at home against Tampa, at Cleveland, at Carolina, at home against Minnesota, and then at Detroit. Not the toughest it's schedule not a in the world, row, by but there's way. teams that can that can win, obviously. You know, your Pittsburghs and your Carolinas and Minnesota. Chicago, with that defense, is always competitive, especially now that you have a young quarterback in there. You know, those kind of games, those division games are going to – be their make or break no yeah. doubt about
1: it yeah and minnesota looks good what they're doing you know with casey casem at yeah, the quarterback man. position
0: we're gonna have to start calling him case right. keen yeah, to. <laughs> we might have to actually show him some
1: respect and yeah. address him by name at some <laughs> point but Teddy Bridgewater back out practicing. We don't know what that means if he's going to get back on the field in game action this year, but he's back practicing. I don't know if Sam Bradford gets healthy, but what they're doing, Dalvin Cook goes out and you don't miss a beat with Jarek McKinnon. I think this offensive line's the real deal. We knew going in this defense was the real deal. I think Minnesota gave Green Bay a challenge before this happened. Now right. now I think everybody's looking up at Minnesota in that division right now, and if they get their quarterback position right, that, that, that could be a whole new ball game. You could be talking about a team that could go deep in the playoffs. What I find interesting with this, Rick, as we have seen, I think we might have thought Atlanta until the last two weeks. Before Aaron Rodgers went out, in my mind, Green Bay was the last elite team in the NFC. I don't know. Go ahead, Rick. You pick your front runner to win this NFC right now. There's about eight teams you could throw in a bag, pick one out, and I couldn't make a good argument against it. Oh, I know. There's,
0: there's no question about it. We talked about Minnesota. Green Bay certainly has plummeted some. You watched Atlanta choke away another lead against Miami of all teams. Right.
1: Uh, At home, coming off a bye. Explain that one.
0: New Orleans scores 52 points, and 21 of them come from the defense. Go figure that one
1: out. And they have to basically win it on the last possession almost after putting up 52.
0: Carolina's playing good football, but they're showing vulnerability. Um, Tampa certainly underwhelming yeah. this year. The Giants, not what yeah. anyone expected. Philadelphia, you could make them as a front runner in the yeah. NFC. Certainly playing
1: yeah, very good football. Questions on defense, but Wentz is playing really yeah. well. If this is who Carson Wentz is, that that's a team I think you start talking about. I mean, it, right now is it's probably. I think you still have to leave Atlanta there, right, just based on You talent. have to leave Atlanta I don't Atlanta know what's there. going on, but I'm based on I'm not counting talent. out Seattle. No, no, by that's By any stretch.
0: One. And I'll tell you what, I think the Rams are the real deal. And coming down the stretch, as bad as their defense is playing, Arizona can beat you, especially if they're playing at home. So, I mean, there's all kinds of teams. You know, it's a term – Throw it around loosely
1: but boy parody in the nfc is amazing yeah the nfl's looking for it it's what they want and buddy they seem to have it right now because really there are no great teams in the afc i mean you look the patriots are still the patriots the steelers are still the steelers but both very flawed teams right can yeah kansas city kim flawed yeah they're they're flawed not uh,
0: not Tremendous.
1: You just wonder, you know, we, we got wrapped up in it, and it's hard not to with what Kareem Hunt did and what Alex Smith did those first five weeks of the year. But still, by and large, lacking some offensive weapons. you got injuries on defense. Now, maybe yeah. all these guys get healthy, and that defense becomes what we think it is. But I think that offense tends to revert to the mean itself a little bit, and we saw it at home against a Steelers team that was really reeling what a good defense can do even to that offense if you limit Kareem Hunt in the running game which is what the Steelers did that sure. offense doesn't look the same then don't underestimate what Kareem Hunt did for Alex Smith in those first five games. oh that's
0: exactly right Rick and that's that's the name of the NFL It's a game of adjustments and yeah we talked about this few years ago when Michael Vick came back into league took, right. the, took the league by storm they weren't used to that cat. Yeah. they got used to him yeah, real quick, real quick. <laughs> and yeah, and, and, you and saw that's that what happens.
1: You saw that in both iterations of Mike Vick's right, career. Exactly, I think you see it for stretches with Russell Wilson. You know that that read option. We're seeing it, I think, with Dak Prescott reverting back a little bit. Right, still great quarterbacks, but not the sort of unstoppable force. Well, the they thing were is, so, starts it's
0: out. it's the it's the um, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers to some extent even like a guy like Carson Palmer it's the guys that can stand in the pocket right and choose from the weapons and, yeah. and have time to read the field and i mean the guys that are always moving defenses plan you know adjust
1: mm-hmm. to that kind of thing sometimes it may take a year and a half right. but, but they get True. there they get there i don't know we, that that got way off offline a so. shocker so All right, Ray, this is a story. If I didn't own him in six different leagues, I wouldn't even bring it up because I am so damn tired of this. But Ezekiel Elliott looking like he's going to be good to play, likely for the next two weeks anyhow, as a temporary restraining order was put on the NFL. Okay, I got a question for you. All right. Got a question for you. He filed a restraining order
0: on the NFL. Yes. Yet he's allowed to play in the NFL.
1: Well, I don't think this is the same type of restraining order like you get when you get drunk and start beating on the neighbor's door, where then if you go in the grocery store and they're there, you have to leave. I know you got a few of those hanging out there. But it's just—and it, that's what I found interesting, though, in it being a restraining order. I thought this was another injunction. I thought, all right, here we go. Yeah, and it, I thought and it was it, an
0: appeal or it, whatever. And yeah. it
1: may end up being that. Apparently, the way I read it, the judge who issued this restraining order was basically a fill-in. You know, He was Brett Hundley <laughs> to the actual judge who's on vacation. She's supposed to come back the next couple weeks, and he sort of deferred to her. He said, look, from what I see here, I'm going to grant this restraining order. I think she needs to look at this before we determine whether or not to grant another injunction. So it's a very weird weird deal, but what a freaking saga, you know what I mean? As As an Ezekiel Elliott owner, as a Cowboys fan, as a Cowboys teammate, as Ezekiel Elliott himself, nobody's gonna give up on it. I, I don't know what to make of it anymore it's just it's a week-to-week thing right now
0: it's just drama you know that's all it is and uh we're having trouble here with our
1: internet access here oh man it's all coming apart i'm up so it might be you again yeah okay well we should be okay all yeah right. we're
0: all right now all right
1: yeah it, it's it's
0: worth monitoring, which we like to use. Yeah, you know, that that's uh, all you can do with it. It's
1: just week to week, and it, it, it's hell as an Ezekiel Elliott fantasy owner, I'll tell you that. I thought it was over. You heard me. I spent the better part I of it. I wish it, a- it was. <laughs> oh, we play this week, though. Yeah. The Civil War is back. It is on. I think I have a pretty good oh, record against you, don't I? <laughs> that, that's just pathetic. What's pathetic? put that in. you yeah well, fair enough <laughs> all right Jameis winston day-to-day dealing with an ac joint sprain explain this buccaneers team to me please it's tough I, I don't know i mean
0: you you explain it to me this is a team that really made some strides in 2016 and there were a lot of expectations this year yeah, uh, you know, maybe you know a lot of people thought they'd take the uh,
1: division. Yeah, I mean, they and, <laughs> they're starting to put the weapons together, you know. But and on paper, it looks good. It's not working out right
0: now. No, it's not. Mike Evans is shut down. Um, Doug Martin exploded a little bit, but Jameis Winston doesn't seem to be able to. There's an inconsistency.
1: There. Yeah, he he looks great. He at He can't time. seem
0: to find it yet. Yeah, and, and it's mean, not maybe even, he won't.
1: It's not even game to game. It's stretches of games, right, where he'll just look brilliant for stretches of games and then just go away and. And sort of the knock on him has always been he'll just make some confounding decisions. I don't know if you remember back in the preseason. It was just a preseason game, I grant you. But he's 98% of the way to the ground. They're inside the 10 yard line. And rather than take the sack, he just flings the ball up straight in the air and it gets picked off in the end zone. I mean, he just does things. I just don't. He's not quite there. He's a really charismatic guy, fun to watch, good quarterback, but I just don't know if he's there ready to lead a winning team yet. I will say this for this week to get it back on track. You know, preliminary looks like it's early in the week here yet we'll know more come the week even if he does play i'm not messing with Jameis winston at buffalo you're going back on the road from being over in arizona and getting your lunch handed to you and now having to go up to buffalo who i believe i've they've given up two touchdowns i believe in the passing game versus eight interceptions i think are the numbers i saw Doesn't look good for Jameis Winston up there, even if he is healthy. Uh, Robert Turbin out for the year at the gruesome arm injury. I don't know if you saw that one, not Rick, but it it was scary. It was ugly. Not big news in terms of fantasy football, except for the fact Marlon Mack owners, maybe now they'll start giving him the ball. All he does, I believe he's the number two or number three running back in the league and rushes over 25 yards and he's only had, like, 27 carries or something absurd like that. You know, much like my fit about Tarek Conan and John Fox. So, you you'd see how much they listened to the Rick Flieger on the Asylum as they promptly gave him an extension. Oh, sure. I take credit for that, sort of. They're fading me on that one. But a very similar situation here where all all the kid does is make plays when you hand him the ball, and they won't hand him the ball. We saw a lot of Robert Turbin on Monday night. Maybe now, maybe now is a time for Marlon Mack to touch the ball. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because Frank Gore is not going to be your workhorse the no. entire year. I mean, it's just impossible for the guy, I do believe. He keeps chugging along, but, um, you know, 288 yards and a couple of touchdowns through, what, six games. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's taking, he's got some mileage on him. And, and Marlon Mack shows some pretty good signs. I mean, I, I think.
1: Yeah, look, now Mack's not in every down back. But you got to work them in more. Well, sure. Quit putting Robert Turbin in on third down, for God's sake. Come well, on. Well,
0: Robert Turbin is not going to be seeing the field much any no. longer. That's for sure. You got that right. And yeah. uh, you know, Marlon Mack has more more points than than, Robin, than Robert Turbin fantasy wise, anyway. And I mean, he just seems to have that. That burst, yeah, you know they're just, that they're looking for. And when he
1: gets in the open field, forget about it. Right, I mean, get this kid involved in the passing game. Get it, get him out there. Get him twelve carries a game. And it could be big for fantasy owners. I know I've got him stashed away in a lot of leagues. Tyreek Hill back practicing already. Looks like he should clear the concussion protocol ahead of Thursday night's game. Here's probably my favorite story of the week. Falcons coach Dan Quinn. This is just the headline. I just quoted the headline. Falcons coach Dan Quinn is unhappy with Julio Jones' target share. Well, Why don't you do something about it, donkey? How about that? Explain to me, Rick. You're not an NFL coach, right, that I'm aware of. You've never been. You've done a lot of things in your past. (laughs) Would you be heading into week seven with a guy like Julio Jones, having not had a red zone target yet no. this football season. Give him the damn it is ball. It's absurdity. You know, yeah. Imagine if Julio Jones was anybody else. He is like the one great receiver. Imagine who's if not he's a, Antonio yeah, Brown, who's not a total D. Imagine if he was like Antonio, if he was like Odell, if he was like Terrell Owen. Right. I mean, my God, he'd have burnt that fancy new stadium down at this point. Right. You have what's probably saved for an Antonio Brown or a Lev Bell or a Odell Beckham, the biggest and best playmaker in the league, and you're not throwing him the football. A lot of this is on Matt Ryan. It's on the offensive coaching staff. It's on the head coach. I, there is no explanation for it because I don't care if you double-team Julio Jones. He's a foot and a half taller than you and twice as strong. Why is this guy not getting the football?
0: Exactly. I mean, ask Matt Ryan. It's it's terrible. I mean, it's... He is your best weapon on the, on the team and you're not using him. And you're struggling. And you're struggling. You can't yeah. hold on to leads. So,
1: I mean, yeah, I agree. That's 100, 100% right. Now, what I thought of when I thought about this, I had been operating under the assumption, I think I may even said it last week on the show, that he's nicked up and the injuries are a little worse than we thought. That's sort of the assumption. It was the only logical explanation my pea-sized brain could come up with to explain why he wasn't getting the football, right? So does this acknowledgment that, It's not necessarily that. We're just not doing a good enough job getting him the ball. Does this make you feel better, worse, or does it not move the needle for you going forward?
0: Well, When did he hurt his hip? Just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right right
1: before the bye during that game. Right.
0: So, I mean, and he hasn't had that splendid of a year so far anyway. even ahead of that. Right. So, no, I think it's on Dan Quinn. And, And to be dissatisfied or unhappy with his, you know, catch share whatever he claimed it was do something about it
1: yeah, let's same. get him the damn ball but you know but i think this is a good thing if it, it's not an injury This is something they recognize. Now I think you can start the game plan for it, right? Maybe it's not the best thing for the Falcons, but I think now it's in Matt Ryan how it wasn't in Matt Ryan's head to begin with that I gotta get Julio Jones the ball's beyond me. But now that they're talking about it, they're acknowledging it publicly, maybe we see even a a force feed situation now, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We just lost to Miami at home coming off a bye. I'm going to throw the ball his way 18 times this week, and we'll see how that turns out, right. right? You know, if I get picked a couple of times, so be it. So, exactly.
0: What do you make of uh, Calvin Benjamin being pulled from practice Wednesday afternoon after, it says, re-injuring his left knee? There's no other details. Um, you know, he was a, a – a present for the beginning of practice, but wasn't able to finish the sa- session. So, uh, yeah. what's that mean to
1: you? It's nerve-wracking. I mean, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, that's the one the ACL he had surgically yep. repaired uh, a couple of seasons ago. Really showing flashes with Greg Olson out. Really outperformed Devin Funchess last week. You know, no word. We're recording this on Wednesday, so probably by the time you're hearing this, maybe there's more news out there. Hope it's not an AC, you know, maybe it's just an inflammation, a swelling issue. But you worry about that as well. You know, there are some guys, we remember when the ACL was a career ender or close to a career ender, a year and a half, two years off. And then Adrian Peterson showed up looking like a robot and came back in an hour and a half. And and, Jamal Charles. Yeah, and we're averaging 30 yards a rush (laughs) four weeks after this ACO, obviously being facetious here. But now we sort of thought less of it. All right, we're going to lose them for, for a calendar year basically or for the rest of the season, and it'll be iffy for the start of the season. But some guys, some of these things don't go away. You still get swelling. You still get inflammation. You know, again, not comparing myself to a pro athlete. I had what was mine three years ago, Rick. I yeah. still can't play two games of softball without swelling up the size of a grapefruit. Now I don't have near the the resources. I didn't do near the rehab or near the everyday work that they do. <laughs> You're it, not you, their age, right? To keep it up, but you know it's everybody's body's different, and I sure. would be concerned because correct me if I'm wrong. Again, there was a few weeks ago something popped up with this. He was limited or missed some. Well, time. yeah, because he got rolled up on. Yeah, and, I can't and injured in week five. Yeah, is it just you know is it something that's not going to ever be a hundred percent? That would be the concern for him going forward. And I just hope we're not talking about all this and we find out it's another terror or something, which we'll probably know more of uh, come Thursday or by the time you've heard this, making this completely irrelevant. <laughs> At this point,
0: yeah, but right now we don't know, so that that's the thing.
1: It'd Be really bad for Carolina and be really good for Devin Funchess, though, right? Yeah. I guess if you're looking for the the hack fantasy well, silver lining, would to it, it all. be
0: or not? Because you know it, it's tough enough without Greg Olson. You take away Calvin Benjamin too. Now you're down basically to Kevin. You know Devin Funches. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's. Do doesn't necessarily mean that that's good. Volume-wise, maybe. Good target number. Yeah, but you look at Robbie Anderson, 12 targets last week against New England, four receptions (laughs) for like 60-some yards or whatever it was. You
1: could see some of that, certainly. Oh, what else do we have here?
0: Stephon Diggs. Out of practice again yeah, boy, this, this is a, week with that groin. So, taking I mean, a long, that's
1: big-time news, too. Taking a long time to heal, something I'm sure you're rooting for as we go mono and mono this week in the Civil well, War. Well,
0: yeah, especially with Benjaminson, who I have here. Yeah. So, let's, uh, we'll call that one a yeah, wash. Yeah, it might
1: be a trade-out. Emmanuel Sanders, if you have him, he's going to be out week seven with that ankle injury. They made that call really early on. I, I hope this isn't multiple Sound to
0: me like high ankle sprain. Yeah,
1: yeah I think this one may it linger. Could be a to, tough one. To declare him out on basically Monday night or Tuesday morning whenever they made that announcement was pretty quick. i tell you what, it looked like he broke it when the play happened. So, actually, to find out, it was just a sprains of relief. He should be back at some point this year. Golden Tate going to be out a few weeks with a shoulder injury. That's right. big news. Uh, fantasy owners and for the Lions, you know, what, what does that mean for, I don't know, name another. You know, Marvin Jones, does he step up? Yeah.
0: Where you see anything of Kenny Galladay for yeah. a change? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was I, I, the
0: big sensation after week one. You know, probably forty two million
1: waiver wire oh, yeah. box were spent on him in week two and he was dropped by week four. He never touched the ball again after <laughs> right. that. So so may have some value there. And then I don't know how much you want to talk about this report of Martavius Bryant Martavis Bryant requesting a trade. I'm a bad man. <laughs> That's what he thinks. Yeah. That's
0: terrible. I you mean, think he this, I'm with Stephen A. Smith. How dare you? Yeah. You you have some nerve. Right. You have done everything to sabotage your career. You have an organization who, quite frankly, has put a lot of guys with those kind of problems to the roadside, have stuck by you and given you the opportunity to play – with a with a pretty good offense, even though they're sputtering some, a pretty good offense, and now all of a sudden you're complaining. You all have Antonio Brown on the other side of you. You have Ben Roethlisberger in the background, Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, and you're complaining.
1: Do you believe it? I, I it couldn't have come out of thin air, right? And then so, but he, he you know, the whole world runs through Twitter now. He immediately issues the. Yeah, you know, the tweets saying I don't want to go anywhere. I'm here, but then there's a Snapchat or an Instagram of his girlfriend basically saying "f it, we're out of here." So there's clearly some discord there. I don't know if it got overblown, but either way, I agree. I mean, th- this is a team. If you think they care about you and your nonsense and are going to keep you around long term, or are going to give you what you want with Juju, with Juju playing the way right. he's playing. You know, just because you what com- leverage do you have? Just because you complain and gripe about it, why don't you go ahead and call up Santonio Holmes? See yeah. how that went. Right, right. All he did was make the greatest catch to to end a Super Bowl. That's probably a thin, <laughs> you know, pretty thin list. But one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history, coming off a great season, wins a team a Super Bowl. You get in a little bit of trouble with the law. Next thing you know, you're playing for the New York freaking Jets. Yeah. Why don't you give Barry Foster a call? Tim Worley. You know, <laughs> all these guys. Plaxico. Yeah. What they have done for you yeah, and i'll say it i don't say this often about ownership but what they have done for you is way outside what this organization right. does and i don't think for some you know we're, we're going to get this to when we get to the starts and sits but i'll bring it up now since we're talking about it i went back and forth on martavis to me was one or the other this week he was a starter a sit and a lot of teams and a lot of situations guy starts making a little bit of noise let's feed him the ball a little bit let's shut him up let's calm this locker room down On the other side of it, you might get yourself iced out. You know, all right, you want to complain? Right. You can complain down there. All right. You know, you you can call me a son of a bitch, but you're gonna call me it from the end of the bench. Right. (laughs) You know, I don't care. You know, and I couldn't decide what it is, but the more I think about the way the Steelers organization works, the way Juju Smith Schuster's playing, and the way I think they've discovered that the last two good games the Steelers played, Le'Veon Bell touched the ball about eighty-two times per game. Sorry, Mark Davis. you might as well go down there and have a seat. So yeah, he's gonna be a be a sit for me this week for that reason. Do you remember training camp preseason
0: when Ben basically called him out mm-hmm. and they said, Well, you know, there could be some problems there. And we know oh, once the season starts, everything's fine. Who
1: knows? You wonder. Yeah. You, but here's what I'm stuck by, and I don't have any shocker. I don't have any numbers to surround this, right? This is just anecdotally. But in my mind, when things were going well for Martavis Bryant two seasons ago, he was still very much in the Mike Wallace mode where it was three or four big plays a game, right? Right. Th- they're, those attempts are coming to him. They're throwing those two or three deep balls to him every year. For, they're not connecting, whether it's his routes, whether it's Ben's. I don't know what It is. it is. Do- it doesn't matter. I don't feel like his role's changed, any. I feel like the results have changed, and that could be a lot of factors, a lot of which, probably the majority of which, has something to do with you spending the last 12 months in rehab and not on the practice field, not an NFL football field. I don't feel like his role's been diminished that much. Yeah, he's coming off the field more because of what Juju Smith-Schuster's doing, but but so what? Your role when you're on the field is the exact same.
0: You know, and, and that's one nice thing about having DVR. You know, you, you can get some of these games and you can watch stuff over and over. And it, it, it crossed my mind talking about him and, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I was hitting hitting plays and rewinding them and hitting and running. Juju is so much crisper Seems in, in his right running than Martavis is. Martavis, like you said, yeah, he's the Mike Wallace. He's great when he runs downfield, but Ben can't hit him anymore for some reason. And unless he makes a a decent fake coming across the middle, he's never open. Right. Smith-Schuster is. Yeah. Antonio Brown is.
1: Everybody else is getting open.
0: Yeah, so, I mean – yeah, I mean, step up. You have no leverage. No,
1: well, that's just Simple it. as that. that. That's just it. So, All right, moving on from that, any takeaways, Rick, from week six, outside of all the injuries, which I feel like we spend the first hour of every show kvetching about. Yeah,
0: what a difference the season would be if the Chargers would have had Nick Novak all year and not try <laughs> to go on the cheap with uh, Young-Ho uh, Four Four losses, a total of 15 points. Uh, Mr. Koo was one for four from forty yards out, which I don't. I don't care. That's that's totally unacceptable. Oh, absolutely. And you know they lost by two to Denver, two to Miami, and two to Philadelphia. Yeah, miss field goals kill you. I mean, you know, call it, say play kickers aren't players. You know, I'm, I'm wish they I bet they wish they had Nick Novak come yeah. week from week one. And I'll one. tell you what,
1: that's a team if you win those three games, which you well should have, you put yourself in position to win and you miss the field goal. If you make those field goals you're a game out of first place in that division now. Yeah. The Raiders stink. Yeah, we, we could talk about that if you want. They just inexplicably stink. Yeah. They easily
0: could be five and one yeah. as well. I mean, and you give it four and two, you say, okay, well, we'll give away one of them. Yeah.
1: But still, you're you're four and two. Yeah, we're starting to see who Trevor Simeon really Simeon really is in in Denver. It, it started out nice for him. Good, you know, I hate this term, but good game manager type of player, right? But but he's not going to win you games. But he looks like he's a really good backup quarterback. That's what he's like. Denver
0: is getting banged up, you know, on the line and a little bit defensively, and and things are starting to tell on him. But I'll tell you what, that division to me, you know, Oakland is certainly underperforming. I like Kansas City, but. I'm not sure yet. I'm not totally sold that you're just going to waltz away with this division yet.
1: That's, uh, I, I don't know who catches them, frankly. But, yeah, I, I don't see them. As I, I went Whoa, I wonder what that was. I don't see that that they – did you just get hit by lightning or something? That was loud. Wow. Yeah, that scared me to death there. <laughs> it would only happen when you're drinking water. Rick, yeah. Rick almost drowned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good thing it wasn't my normal beverage that burst into flames, know that, That's
1: true. That's very true. So, all right. My takeaway, Rick, is CJ Anderson owners ought to be butt skird right now. What was it? 17 carries last week. Jamal Charles is steadily, quietly getting a little more work getting a few more looks. Now, Devontae Booker was back last week. He was getting looks. He was getting targets in the passing game. I think we got ourselves a three-horse race here in Denver, and that doesn't bode well for anybody's fantasy value. I was stunned, stunned by the lack of work he got and how infrequently C.J. Anderson was on the field last week against the Giants.
0: Yeah, you know, and that game was – that game was totally whacked out from the get-go. I mean, they they were on their heels from the start. Um I I don't know what to make of the you know kudos to the Giants, but I mean, here's a team that came off of a bye week looking like they didn't even know what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Has the bye week gone the other direction, like you look at Atlanta, where now all of a sudden it's a bad thing? It, it used to be those were the easiest games to pick, somebody playing at home coming off the bye. Unless they're playing New England, I'm picking that team, right? And, right. boy, it hasn't worked out that way. Did you look at Atlanta last week?
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be just RBBC. And, you know, maybe they're maybe they're working – To get Jamal Charles as their guy but didn't want to rush it. Yeah, they
1: babied him through the preseason early on. Maybe he gets more and more and more and more. I mean, he's certainly
0: the best back. I I don't care who they are. I mean, he's banged up and he's past his prime, but he is still the most talented back in that backfield. But Denver's going to have to be careful. You know, you don't want to wait too long if you're going to be making him your back.
1: Yeah. What, what my concern is with Anderson is the inconsistency in the workload, right? You, you, we go back to September 11th, 20 carries, 81 yards against the Chargers. Then the next week, 25 carries against the Cowboys. That was the big game with with 118 yards in, in the touchdown. And then the next week at the Bills, in, in a game they didn't play well, where they strode, he only got eight carries. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, average four and a half yards a carry, he only got eight carries. Then on October 1st, before the bye week against the Raiders, he got the ball 20 times. 20 times, only 95 yards. I'll put four catches on it. And then he dips back down to nine carries last week. So I I think what you have here, there's going to be weeks where he's going to pop, where he's going to get these 20 carries. But I think this is one of those, you know, if you could talk to the head coach, it's going to be one of those – you know, well, the flow of the game dictated – I don't know how the flow of the game would ever dictate that De- Devonte Booker should touch the ball, but it seemed to happen last week. You know, they were never out of that game necessarily yeah. against New York – where they're getting away trying to get some other guys carried. I don't know if you're thinking Devontae Booker's going to give you a spark. What I'll say with this, you wonder if they're losing faith. And this is something, probably if we really dug, there's a stat out there. But just in watching Denver games, and as a guy who owned a lot of C.J. Anderson and traded a lot of C.J. Anderson after that Cowboys game, because I kind of felt like we hit the pinnacle there. This is the rare instance where I sold high instead of, sold high instead of buying high, which I tend to do more often than not is he gets stuffed at the goal line a lot. He's not a good goal line back. We saw it Sunday a couple of times. So you wonder, are they losing confidence in him there? And you're seeing Jamal Charles in those situations. And maybe they feel like Devontae Booker's the better pass catcher. I just I think that it's going to become so frustrating. What you hope for, if you can get one more good week out of him, move on from this guy because I think he's going to be sell fantasy poison. You know, yeah. He's as low as he could be right now. I'm not buying low here. Hope for one more big one and then sell high on him.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's no doubt about that. And uh, you know, uh, hey, did you hear that? Uh, linebackers Ray Arms, Ray Ray Armstrong, and Ruben Foster of San Francisco were uh, held up at a nightclub in San Francisco at gunpoint. Oh, and, no, uh, I missed that one. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they wanted money for their tickets back or
1: something. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have but... to go watch that thing. Yeah, look, I don't want your whole wallet. I don't want your shoes. I yeah. spent 140 dollars on these tickets, Give me it back. Right now. Yeah. Oh, well, you can't blame the defense. You ought to be holding up Brian Hoyer if you're going to hold up anybody. Or C.J. Uh, it would be yeah. scary, though.
0: Two masked men yeah. approached them uh, with an assault rifle and a handgun. And, um, you know, they decided to run. And, and they... Oh, they, they bolted. Yep.
1: <laughs> they sure did. There.
0: You know, so, uh, I mean, that, that's uh, that's that's scary anymore. Oh, man.
1: yeah. It, it's nuts out there. All right, Rick, it is time for... Game ball goes to... Your game ball, Mr. Briggs.
0: Oh, boy. My game ball. There it is. (laughs) You know, I was kind of rare the other week when I gave it to Greg Zerline. This week, I'm going New Orleans defense.
1: Oh, wow. Five
0: sacks, three picks, two fumble recoveries, and three touchdowns. It's ridiculous. That is is totally ridiculous. ridiculous. It's coming from the New Orleans
1: Saints defense. Give him a game ball, baby. Same old Lions, right? I mean, this is just game ball goes to Saints defense. New and creative ways to lose ball games, right? The Detroit Lions, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. All right, Rick. For me, uh, you know, a couple of really good performances. Loved what Mark Ingram did. Hey, we'll get back to that when I give my actual game, poll, game ball. How about Orleans-Darqua? I don't know how often you're going to see games like this, but a buck 17, another catch for 13. It looks like he gives them at least a semblance of a running game, unlike your boy Paul Perkins, who's just an abject oh. th- failure.
0: He's, he's, you know, he doesn't he's not even practicing no. now with the ribs. Right. I mean, he's just an afterthought. You just tell him he's, to stay at home. Yeah, but, really. but Darkwa,
1: you know, run hard between the tackles, got a little bit of burst. If Eli can keep that offense semi-afloat, which is easier said than done with all of your wide receivers, you know, floating over the wheat field right now, basically. I think Darkwa could have some value, you know, especially with bye weeks coming up and things like that. I know I picked up a lot of dark what 2 or 3 weeks ago when Perkins went down for a desperation play. There could be situations where where you could just flat play him. But Rick, for me, ball goes, too. It's got to go to your boy Adrian Peterson, man. Come on. you Raise your hand if you saw this coming. Uh-huh. And if you have your hand up, you're a damned liar. because yeah,
0: right. I've seen enough fantasy football leagues where he was riding some people's pines. Yeah. They were out there picking him up, but they wanted to see a little yep. bit of something. Well, guess
1: what? You saw it. Well, we saw 134 yards, two touchdowns, and the runs looked like Adrian Peterson. Curran Williams, Chris Johnson,
0: Andre Ellington, nobody could run right. in Arizona. They bring in 32-year-old Adrian Peterson, and he runs for 134 yards. So, so two questions. Number one, is this real, Rick? I think it's real. A little in, extra juice? Or? I think it's real in the sense that, that he is now ecstatic with joy because now he is a – you know, a bell cow back or bell cow back again, 134 yards game. No, 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 But but I'll tell you what, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's for real that now the Cardinals have a running game that is going to, you know, enhance their offensive output. You know, play action does worlds for the passing game. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we saw it with him ripping off chunks of yardage, My God, we saw Larry Fitzgerald put up 138 yards. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's real. I think this offense, that's why I said at the beginning of the show, even with that defense, I think they're going to be able to
1: beat some people. And, um, yeah, I think it is real. You want to talk about a trade benefiting both sides. It's this move. I don't know who, what kind of player, if any kind of player other than a bag of donuts, New Orleans ends up getting out of this. But you talk about addition by subtraction and what a good thing it was for Mark Ingram. and He promptly goes out a buck 14 and two, catches another five for almost just short of 40 yards. Adrian Peterson does what he does, just benefited both teams. It, it makes yeah. you – Go back to the question we asked when this happened you know, last spring or whatever it was. Why the hell did the New Orleans Saints sign Adrian Peterson and where does he fit into this thing? It is the best for both addition by subtraction for the Saints. Great for Mark Ingram. I'd be all over Mark Ingram right now if you could make a deal for him, but it might be too late for that. And, you know, looking at Adrian Peterson in that yeah, he's not going to put up these big numbers, but he's going to get 14, 16, 18 carries a game. We see he still has the ability to break one. He's still got a nose for the goal. He is going to be a legitimate Fantasy option from here on out, not numbers to that degree necessarily. But we're not going to see any more of these 38 yard performances, these 1.2 yards per carry. As Rick's wrapped up in the tape again, <laughs> this is unbelievable. He just sits over there and tears the studio apart. I think he turned
0: upside down just to just to get to <laughs> me. And before we get off of uh, game balls, you know, let's not forget my man Melvin Gordon. <laughs> just keep you know, rolling, huh? 83 rushing yards, 67 receiving yards, and a touchdown. In both, just keeps it going, man.
1: Basically, their whole offense. Keenan Allen's been quiet. Can't trust the tight end. You can trust. Can't trust Phil Rivers. It's all Melvin Gordon right now. But it is
0: something after he spoke up and said, "Hey, I need to touch the ball more." They're two and zero. Yeah. So, guess uh, he was right. Yeah.
1: All right, Rick. How about? You
0: My main man, Joe Flacco. (laughs)
1: Good lord,
0: what (laughs) happened? 12, what? It's, it's Joe Flacco. We I said this, what, the Super Bowl year. If you, you believe in the Flacco air show, you're crazy, you did. and it's going to come back and get you. Uh, 180 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, 24 of 41. Yeah. Some of the throws he's Oh, it's, it's horrifying. It, and let's face it, he doesn't have the most talented wide receiving core. I understand that.
1: But you throw out a, a sack of flour, you yeah. can hit it. I mean, let's get most real. professional quarterback. You know, even after that kick return late in that game, and they needed that two point conversion to tie it up. He threw that ball a full arm length behind. I can't remember who caught it. it was a tight end or the fullback? I can't remember. And guy made this it. Dispect- you know, it was sort of. Undervalued, But the catch this guy made, it was literally a full arm length behind him, and he reached back and grabbed it. I mean, this guy couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat right now. It, it is unbelievable. It's, <laughs> yeah, just it's awful. It's horrible. I mean, and
0: I'm looking right now, okay, Brett Hundley had more fantasy points than Joe Flacco did. <laughs> All right, he had 157 yards and a touchdown. He had three picks and had more fantasy points than Joe Flacco.
1: Well, that's not company you want to be in as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. No,
0: yeah, I mean there's no doubt. I mean Kevin Hogan had more fantasy points last <laughs> week than Joe Flacco. I think
1: Tarek Cohen had a better passing game. Than Joe I'm sure Flacco he did. Did with his one touchdown pass. All right, Rick. For me, I'm, I got to give the stinky sock. You yeah, stink. I'm going to give it to Jamison Crowder. I don't feel like we've talked about this enough. Three catches, 15 yards, which on its surface by itself is good enough to deserve the stinky sock. But here's where my problem is. This is coming off a week where your head coach said, we have got to get him the ball more. We have got to find ways to get him the ball. And this was the output. This is the upgrade. This is the concerted effort to get this guy the ball. Here's what I can't figure out. Rick, explain this to me. You're a numbers guy, right? You you can figure it. Analyze the numbers for me where Jamison Crowder stinks, where Terrell Pryor stinks, where Jordan Reed stinks, and right now, Kirk Cousins is, I think, the number three by most statistical measurements, the number three quarterback in the NFL right now. How is this happening? How? How, how, how? I don't know. I mean, it,
0: it is. It's amazing. He it had 330 yards and two touchdowns um, against San Francisco. And the and guy nobody caught the ball. <laughs> no, I mean, Chris Thompson. Is this all
1: Chris Thompson? Apparently. I mean, is this what it's coming down to right now? It, it seems to be. I
0: mean, yeah, it, it's... Um, I mean, you'd have to look up the game. I mean, I wish I should have pulled that box score up. I would have loved to have seen how it was distributed because, yeah, you're right. I'm Chris Thompson at 105 out of the 330. Right. The other four guys we mentioned had about maybe 100 if you
1: add them all up, and there's still 100 yards out there somewhere. Yeah, I just I can't figure it out. And Terrell Pryor's been basically bad for the year. Jamison Crowder, he, he might as well not even show up. They might as well send an Uber driver in his place for God's sake. Yeah, you know, I don't know, understand, but meanwhile, Kirk Cousins is just racking up numbers, and none of his weapons outside of Chris Thompson are doing it. All right, here we go. Washington that game. And this might be the problem. They're just spreading it out. Good for the Redskins, good for Cousins, bad for everybody else. Thompson, four for a buck of five. Vernon Davis, three for 65. Ryan Grant, three for 39. Jordan Reed, four for 37. Pierine three for 24. Pryor, three for 23. Crowder, three for 15. Dotson, one for 11. Brown, one for 11. That's they're they're, they're just spreading it out. That's that's. Drew Brees, man. It kind of feels that way, right? Yeah. That's exactly what, like it feels you said, like.
0: great for Kirk Cousins, and um, you know, bad for all the fantasy owners to have the rest of the Redskin, except for the exception of Chris Thompson. Really? Yeah, I mean, and I, I just see no reason to think that's going to change, right? If they keep winning, why would you? <laughs> right. I mean, it keeps defenses off balance. It keeps spreading things around and and, and changing things up. They're three and two. They got a big big game this week with Philadelphia
1: we'll get to later. Monster one, the rare Monday night game you actually look forward this to.
0: This is this is the NFC East at its finest right here. Yeah. Philadelphia wins. They basically put a lock on on the division. I mean, you know, we saw Detroit blow a three game lead last year, but Philadelphia's a little different cat. But um Washington wins and all of a sudden we're through one game. And and if Dallas wins,
1: they climb in. It is it's it's a huge game. Yeah, yeah. Everybody but but New York really in the conversation. If it weren't for all those injuries, I think New York still have themselves in the conversation as well.
0: All right, Rick, we're going to try something else here. I got Ooh. a little something here for Ooh, you. Okay. All right. Bear with me. Ooh. Good evening, Mr. Flieger. Rick the does Cleveland it. Browns, long standing doormat in the NFL. Even after highly rated de- draft picks and deals, they were supposed to have themselves on the rise in 2017, yet they are 0-6. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, open up the dossier and look at the Cleveland Browns schedule, and please tell me,
1: who can they beat? Dossier? <laughs> What's a dossier?
0: Don't act really stupid, just go with the flow here, pal, <laughs> pull <laughs> here up the
1: schedule. You're using weird words, though. I didn't know I had a dossier. Do I have a dossier? All right, so what you're asking me to do is find a Browns win. Now, recall, I declared last week I would never again in the history of the Asylum Sports (laughs) Show pick the Cleveland Browns to win any game, but I'll play your stupid little game. All right.
0: Well, that's why it's called Mission Impossible.
1: uh, Fair enough. All right, so we got this week at home versus the Titans. They'll give up 60 to the Titans. Home to the Vikings, yeah, not going to happen. At the Lions, just because the Lions love to lose games like that, that's a possibility. Um, Jaguars, all right, now hold on, I'm going to have to do the math, and this is a point that was going to come up later. So last week was the week the Jaguars got trucked again, right? Right. So this week they're going to win, then loss, then win, then loss. All right, that Jaguars game at home's a possibility because that's on their letdown week every other week. Yeah, the but Jaguars buy's not letdown. in there, is it? Well, that I don't know. You're, you're, <laughs> you're thinking way too hard. At the Bengals, not going to happen. At the Chargers, not likely to happen. Packers, even with Hundley, not going to happen in Lambeau. Ravens, they could beat the Ravens. At home, possibly, if Joe Flacco keeps flinging it around. At the Bears, Bears are better than we think. At the Steelers, you know, if, if the Steelers have everything locked up, then the Browns only lose by 10 instead of 35 in that game. I'm going to say the most realistic possibility for this team to win a game, and I, we think they're going to win a game, right? You know, it's not rare. out will own that Lions team a few years ago for somebody to go 0 for, I'm going to go Sunday, November 19th, at home, they beat the Jaguars. Wow. I would not have picked that team.
0: But, hey, it is it is on record. Mission Impossible. Rick Flieger says Cleveland will beat Jacksonville. And I'm going to hold you to that when we predict
1: our games on November 19th. Ooh, well, remember, I had a declaration the other way. I'm just <laughs> playing your goofy little game here, Rick, with All my, right. my dozer or whatever you called it. Yeah, okay. What is a dossier?
0: You know, how they always had them – folders and with all the important papers and stuff okay you know, so that's a you know, dossier. Ab- about the you know it's it all about the subject that they were going to scam or mm-hmm. whatever
1: you know yeah that's you know i'm gonna start using that i like it dossier okay. although it sounds french I, i'm not crazy about the french
0: you like french fries
1: well i do like french fries oh, there you go i thought they were freedom fries now is that still a thing or did that go away you remember no, that no Oh, you don't even remember that? Yeah. yeah. yeah somebody was all bitter at uh, French. I don't remember what it was, but anyhow. Any more of those, Rick? Nope. That was your Mission Impossible huh. for this week. All right. Let's do a brief one, Rick. I don't want to go over two hours like we did last week, but let's do a brief. Poison!
0: Uh-huh.
1: This is the rare bit we do that we've gotten any positive feedback on, so I thought I'd squeeze it in here a little bit more. Same deal as the last couple weeks uh, uh, for the rest of the season. Pick your poison. Terrell Pryor, Pierre Garçon. Garçon.
0: Every day and Sunday. Even with
1: C.J. Bethard at the quarterback
0: position. Yes, sir. (laughs) Because (laughs) he is the go-to guy. And we just discussed there is no go-to guy on Washington, and, yeah. and Pierre Garcon
1: is the man in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I just don't think we tell you, we sort of stole this one. It, it happened organically, which is cool. But getting into the Washington situation earlier on here in the show, but that's just it. And I think you you nailed it, Rick. I think it's perfect. The, the, he's Drew Brees all of a sudden. That's that Saints offense where there's not going to be the one go to. And you think about it, even when Garcon and Djax were there. He was kinda one or the other or the typical D Jacks where the one or two big plays Garcon was a possession guy, but Garcon wasn't putting up wide receiver one numbers even in that offense. He's putting up
0: that seventy five catches though for whatever it was, seven, eight hundred yards maybe, what, five, six touchdowns maybe. Nice workmanlike season, and, and that's what he's doing right now in San
1: Francisco. Yeah. Not to go back and harp on it, but what does surprise me? The one guy who was getting a lot of work and that you could count on in that Redskins passing game the last couple years was Jordan Reed. I'm surprised how much work Vernon Davis is getting, how little work Jordan Reed's getting. I wonder is he just not healthy? You don't know that. Are they just diversifying the offense? You know what? What I had what I that list forty seven guys that caught a ball, including the usher in section one twenty four had a catch for nine yards. I don't know what it is, but Jordan Reed's the one that really surprised me. I think it was iffy enough with Terrell Pryor through the whole preseason that I didn't have a lot of hope for him. Crowder, I, I drafted him as a wide receiver three. That's what I expected. We're not even getting that, but I think his ceiling was a wide receiver three. But but Jordan Reed's the one that stuns me, and I don't know what if it's health or if they're moving away or a combination. Which would be I'm almost
0: worse. thinking that it is some health issues with Jordan Reed. It always seems to be because, let's face it, the guy's multi-talented when he's on, but he's just one of those kind of – he's a Tyler Eifert. He never can really stay on the field. But, you know, going back to Pierre Garçon, you know, he doesn't have a touchdown yet this year, but still pulled in 33 catches, 434 yards. You're right there. Before half the season, you're talking another 75, yeah. 80 catch season, just you know, eight,
1: 900 yards. I'll be easily. Curious. I'm curious to see does a guy like Beathard lean on him or can you now take him away? I'm not sure what it's going to be. That'll be in, but I, I agree. You know, I just I don't have a lot of faith in Terrell Pryor, any individual receiver on that Redskins. One thing offense.
0: with a Beathard coming in, you know, look for, oh, I, you know, it depends a lot on Carlos Hyde, I guess. I mean, right. they got to keep the the run game going. I don't. I don't really think you're going to get anything complicated. Things are going to be a little simpler. But sometimes that's not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, it might you know. be good for a an, – and that'd probably be good for a Pierre Garçon, right? Right. He's going to charge down the field. He's going to beat his guy to the ball and catch eight or nine balls, average five or six yeah. yards a catch, and be perfectly happy with it. Well, you bring up Carlos Hyde, Rick, all those rumors of him being traded again. That's all bubbling. I still can't understand any of that, so I'm going to give you this one. Rick, pick your poison the rest of the way. Ty Montgomery or the aforementioned Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Hyde. That's simple? Yeah, it is to me.
0: Number one, I mean, you know, Montgomery, I, he's still not right. And Carlos, at least San Francisco, look, they switch quarterbacks by choice, basically. Right. And, you know, they're a work in progress, but but he's there. It goes through them. Garcon's a nice veteran. I think that offense is going to be
1: a little. How much of a downgrade could Beathard be for Brian Hoyer,
0: right? Well, that plus, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not you're going from Hoyer to Beathard yeah. and Rodgers to Hunley. Hundley, you know, no disrespect on him, but it is Aaron Rodgers. Right. The Bigger time gap, Montgomery's but... been banged up with those ribs, we don't really know what – Effect this is going to have in the weeks to come. I
1: mean, if I had to take it right now, yeah, give me Carlos Hyde, man, easily. What, the only argument I can, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, with Hyde here as well. The only argument I can come up with with Montgomery is I don't, I, we, I think everybody overreacted with the Jones thing last week. I, I really do. But here's the thing: why again is Carlos Hyde's name? Remember, we talked for two weeks about they fully expected him to be cut at final cuts, and it, it didn't happen. All right, so we move on. He got a lot of work early in the year, sort of mixed results, but he got a lot of work. Now, here we are heading into week seven, and the whole time I'm watching games on Sundays, every news story you see, every alert I get's popping up that there's rumors that the 49ers are actively shopping Carlos Hyde. Is it, does he not get along with Shanahan? I don't know what it is, Rick. Why all a sudden, Why are they so desperate to get rid of this guy? Is he falling out of favor? And as they continue to lose games, which I fully expect well, they do. Let's put it this way, the- Rick. Let's put it
0: this way. They're 0 and 6. Exactly. PPR format, this cat is the sixth highest scoring running back in the league. And they can't get him out of town fast enough. That's my problem. Trade high. I mean, maybe that's what they're doing. In real terms, mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to trade high and get maybe a player now and a draft pick or something like that going into next year. I don't know, but certainly haven't heard – I mean, you've, you've heard the rumblings, but I haven't heard anything concrete no, like, no. well, whatever, the Eagles are talking to the 49ers right. or the Patriots. Nobody seems to be really talking to him. It's just like, well, you know, they're going to get rid of him.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's easier said than done if you're really not talking to anybody.
1: But you just wonder, I think the doomsday, the worst-case scenario with this thing is if you, if there's enough smoke that there's fire, that, that we dealt with this in the preseason, we only made it a month and a half into the season, and this is popping his head up again, is there some disconnect between him and the coaching staff? Is there some, something they don't like about Carlos Hyde, vice versa, it doesn't matter? You factor that in with the fact that you're 0-6, likely to be 0-7, possibly 0-8. We'll have to look at it. We, you know, we could do your Mission Impossible the same thing with the 49ers that we did that right. we did with the Browns, quite frankly. you got a guy like Breida on the bench, right? You've been trying to work him. and At some point, you just say, all right, we went to Beathard. Let's see what this kid has. I don't like his old fart I have running the ball, whether it's personal, whatever it is. I don't know what the problem is, but there's clearly something there. Let's move him or let's sit him down and let's play all the other guys. They keep guys. things
0: going are going to be breaking out the cases of Blue Emu and bringing back Joe <laughs> Montana, I mean,
1: because
0: it's just not working right, right now.
1: So that would be my concern with Hyde. But but as we sit for the next several weeks, I think it's Hyde, You know, maybe Montgomery as we get further down the road. All right, and maybe do one or two more. I like this one, Rick. Pick your poison the rest of the way, Jameis Winston or Jared Goff? Goff. Goff looks like a better quarterback now, but his numbers have been steadily sliding. Do I think
0: he's a better quarterback right now? No, I don't necessarily think he's a better quarterback, but we hit on it earlier in the show. There's something just not right with this Tampa Bay offense. Now he's banged up with that, what is it, the rotator or the – AC so, joint. Yeah, AC joint in his shoulder. And, you know, he just – they just haven't been right. They're not playing all that well. The Rams – they're full of fire, and, and maybe the numbers may come out basically the same or something, but I just, I just think Goff right now, if I had to pick, I'd probably take him from here on if I had to pick today.
1: If I just said this in August, I think you should have ripped that microphone stand out of the console and whacked me in the head with it, which you may do anyhow before the yeah, show's just over. Just because it's fun <laughs> I grant you that. But I think I feel more comfortable – on a week-to-week basis, if they're not playing Seattle, I feel more comfortable with Jared Goff. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth, right? It just, you know, Jameis Winston, all the hype, and I bought into it. You know, I was a, I was a conductor on that train, buddy. You know, now's the time. Now he makes that turn. Did we all get caught up in that hard knocks hype? I don't know what it was, but I felt like I had it over the summer. And Jared Goff, it's just been steady improvement. Now, the numbers have been sliding back, but just to look at him. You know, he looks like the pro quarterback they told us about when he came out in the draft. I feel more comfortable with him. You know, Jameis Winston's got everything going for him. He's got experience. He's got better weapons around him. He's got everything going for him, and it's just not there. Jared Goff just steadily more and more taking that team over. The way they're getting Todd Gurley involved in the passing game. The different things they can do with the Cooper Cup. You know, and they're doing all this with Sammy Wocket basically mm-hmm. being invisible again. They're just You get Sammy Watkins going. There's a lot to work with there, and I agree. I think it's Jared Goff. I thought we were going to get to argue about that one, but I'll, I'm with you. You know, I mean, let's face it. Jared Goff, he
0: struggled the last couple of games. He, he was playing, um, what was it, two weeks ago? He's playing Seattle defense. Then he played at Jacksonville. Got beat up pretty bad. Had a pick. Got sacked three or four times. But he pulled out a win. Gets right. a damn good defense. Yeah. I mean, the offense isn't anything to brag about. Jacksonville, but they got a good defense. They got an Arizona coming up this week at home. Then they're then they're by. Then they play the Giants, Houston, Minnesota. He's got some really tough defenses yeah. ahead of him, and then Arizona and Seattle all over again. So, I may rethink it. I mean, if I really had to sit down on the surface, I'd take golf because I think they're that a better team. a little daunting. Yeah, when, when the, you the say schedule's it. pretty rough when he gets right down to it. So, if strictly fantasy point, I think maybe I would go Winston mm. if that injury isn't is yeah. se- real severe. If the injury's severe, I'll still take my chances with golf.
1: Yeah, all right, Rick, last one here. Are... You like that, don't you? Uh-huh just that last part. I wish I could do that last one. Tight end position, Rick, pick your poison. Hunter Henry or Austin Safarian Jenkins the rest of the way. This question really just I could keep it simple. Just say you believe it. Is this is this for real <laughs> with what we're seeing with Jenkins?
0: Well, I think uh, you know, I think we're actually seeing that it's kind of like the the flash of gunpowder. You know, it's really bright before it goes out real quick. I think that's what we're seeing from McCowan. I mean, he's playing pretty good football, good overachieving point. with with this team. And, you know, is it real? I think everything's as real with New York as it lasts with McCowan. That being said, I think I'm just going to go with Hunter Henry because I think he's safer week to week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what is it? What you call it? I um, Antonio Gates, he's getting one catch a game. I mean, he's basically playing the season out in case they need him. Other than that, he's, he's done, I'm sure.
1: What I find interesting with Henry is he hasn't filled that traditional Antonio Gates role. You wonder, is that part of the struggle? Is that symptomatic or the struggle for that Chargers offense this year in the fact that Basically, he's performing as your more average, good pass-catching tight end, right? He's just sort of coming up the seam. He's making catches. He's not the first, second, and fourth look on every goal line, you know, every red zone possession. He's just sort of your average, everyday tight end. I'm going to go with Jenkins here, and I agree with you. That's a really good point. You know how much I hate granting you that when you make a good (laughs) point. So, So take heed, everyone listening. If I say this, I really mean it. It's an excellent point that right now McCown's playing so far over his head. It's bound to not just burn out, it just crash to the ground and drill himself nine feet into the ground. He's going to collapse so so hard and so fast. And we all know that's going to happen. That's not up for debate.
0: But they've already done more than anybody thought right. they were going to yeah. do already. Oh, exactly. They've won
1: three more games than I thought they were going to win. Yeah, exactly. But again. Just no playmakers on that offense nah. outside of Belil Powell. So I think Jenkins is a much higher touchdown candidate, right? You know, and he should have had another True. one. You talk about a screw job. Oh, we didn't even talk about no, that. That was even I don't know if you want to get into that. Yeah, you know, it, it, it compelled me to get back on Twitter. I'd taken a week yeah. off, and I had to get on Twitter just to bitch about it. I, I couldn't believe my right. eyes.
0: And, and as much as you, especially you, you you don't care for a Josh McCown or whatever, he's basically a career backup. You you know, you can't help but admire what he's done oh, absolutely. with what he has. Those receivers are not very good. I mean, Kerr certainly helped when they brought him in. But, I mean, before they were looking at Robbie Anderson for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 12 targets, he had four catches for like 60 yards last yeah. week in – I, you know, there's just not a lot there right now. Which
1: tells me, though, as this thing starts to backslide, and Jenkins really seems to have it together. And this is who we thought he was going to be when he started out in Tampa Bay before all the on field, all the off field personal problems he started dealing with. I think he becomes sort of that steady in force, him along Could with Powell be. in that offense. So, th- this is close. I think, Henry, we know what we get with him. I think there's a higher ceiling with Jenkins week to week based on what McCown does. All right, let's keep it moving. Now, why don't you give me some starts, some sits, some you-don't-cares, whatever you want to do.
0: <laughs> okay, well, you know. Starts, obviously, you got Baltimore 30th versus the rush. Get Jarek in, in, McKinnon in your lineup. Um, savvy players probably picked him off the scrap heap for nothing while everybody else is paying yeah. for Latavius yeah, they're Murray. They're over Murray. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, this cat's playing good. He's looking sharp. He's got that burst and uh, catches. You know he's impressive because he's catching the balls that they used to throw to Matt Osceta mm-hmm. and he's getting he's making the most of them a lot more than Osseata did
1: makes you wonder is it is it some different with this offense? Is the offensive line better? McKinnon's been in this role a lot with the Peterson injuries and suspensions right. over the years. And with mixed results, but never anything like we've seen for two weeks and never two weeks in a row. Is it having Asiata out? What I wonder, really what I wonder what this means is the future of Dalvin Cook. Is Dalvin Cook as dynamic as he looked, or is there something in this Vikings offense that we didn't recognize coming into it? I just find it interesting. I think a
0: much-improved line over the last two or three years. Because this
1: isn't McKinnon's first rodeo, right? I mean, he's been through this before and never with this type of success. No, but one thing in common when he played before
0: is – um, Adrian Peterson's yards per carry were, like, 1.9. Right, right. His were, like, 2.3. Osceata's 2.1, whatever it is, something of that. And they, I can remember we had an argument one time who would be the most valuable of the two oh, down, yeah. down the stretch or whatever, and it was always Osceata because they use them around the end zone. Right, right. Now he's actually taken over the lead – of being the yardage guy and behind this line he's looking good. I mean yeah. I think it's just improved offensive line quite yeah. frankly. And I,
1: I think it continues. He's in the he's in the right role, absolutely. All right, for me, I'll just go by position. Kirk Cousins versus the Eagles. You can still pass on them a little bit. I think he's probably in the category of an every week start now. We, we get a few questions about him. It's time to stop. You know, Look where he ranks with other fantasy right. football quarterbacks. Quit with that. I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson, Rick, again against the Rams. You can run on this Rams defense, and I think they found something there. You know, is it going to be a buck 40 and two? Probably not, but he's going to get his share of touches, and, and he's going to find the end zone, I think, a guarantee. At the wide receiver position, How about Rashard Matthews? He he gets forgotten, and he's not one of these nine catches, 180 yards, Antonio Brown type of numbers. You just want to write down in your flex spot yeah. six catches and whatever that nets and yardage going to Cleveland against that hapless organization that we discussed earlier. I think Rashard Matthews, Mariota, getting a little healthier. And I also like for Rashard Matthews. I don't like for Mariota or for the Titans necessarily. But Mariota's still limited in his mobility. He's just dropping back, and he's just firing the ball downfield. I think big things for Rashard Matthews this week. Yeah,
0: it's not a bad start, and that kind of segues into my sits. Everybody got – you know, pulled the pants over their head with Derrick Henry last year, or last week, 119 yeah. yards. Let's not forget, basically garbage time at the end of the yeah. game was a 72-yard touchdown run. So he had 18 carries for 40 some yards. I like Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong, but you know, this, actually I wrote this down before. Um, knowing a whole lot about DeMarco Murray's little hamstring tweak. He's still a little day-to-day. He may get a little more play than I think, but look, Cleveland, we talk about Cleveland, they're still sixth against the Russian in the league, so it's not the easiest team to run against, especially when you get downfield with the ball uh, through the air, so I I just don't like Derrick Henry this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think You know, after that one, finally that big game, this is what we've been waiting for for Derek Henry. Don't forget it was on one play. Now, if Murray's out, he moves instantly to a start. I don't care if Cleveland's number one against the Rodgers. Well, yeah. If if Murray's out, but it's not looking right now like that's going to happen. For me, at quarterback, Derek Carr Thursday night against the Chiefs, uh, just to show me, it he's playing with a broken back on a bad offense. Uh, Chiefs are going to be ticked off. I think this could be a rough day for And there's a lot
0: of people saying why Oakland's going to win and Kansas City's going down. No, again
1: no only the Steelers for the last and, three seasons the Steelers and the Patriots are the only team that beats Kansas City and how they beat the Patriots this year right so, so yeah I'm not coming off that bandwagon I, not yet they're, they're flawed but I'm not coming off the bandwagon uh, it's running back as excited as I am and all the good stuff I said about him early in the show I am going to sit down Orleans Darqua this week you know, he's going to have to be a desperation play, don't like him going up against Seattle, You know, no danger they're going to be able to throw the ball against Seattle so they can key on what little running game the Giants have and like we talked about during the open Rick, you know, I would waffle back and forth with this, I think they tell Martavis Bryant to zip it and he is all but invisible this week for the, as the Steelers take on the Bengals.
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100% and, and I'll tell you, you what a word of caution uh he, he sure struck a lot of matches early in the season but I tell you what Christian McCaffrey is getting a little dollar only four carries for eight yards last week against Philadelphia they're at Chicago this week not another good run yeah. defense at all Christian McCaffrey just kind of fizzling out that the whole running back situation with Carolina is run- J- Jonathan Stewart nothing you know
1: yeah. what uh, you what I I'm never comfortable with this unless I see a true commitment to it, and it's been inconsistent. Right. I mean, he had that awful running game, but he caught 10 balls, so it ended up being a great week. For him in, in PPR fantasy circles, but I, I can't count on that. I can't count on ten catches out of a running back. No. That's gonna be one of those dreaded the, the flow of the game's gonna dictate it and I don't know what the flow of that game's gonna be. I don't know what the flow of any game's gonna be this year. I mean yeah, he probably I can't not count on
0: with it. all the injuries and everything, you don't want him out of your lineup. I'm just basically expressing Caution, I think this week. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think he's he's the kind where you feel obligated to play him, but you grit your teeth the second you hit submit yeah. that lineup with him in it. I think you really do. All right, Rick, time for the game picks. Don't forget the Lions and Texans on by this week. Come on, ride that train, baby. Your boy is back, going ten and four last week after a couple of five hundred performances. I got that train back on the track, and I am barreling down at you. I about have this thing cinched up at this point. I think.
0: that's fiction that is pure fiction
1: you are fake news that one never gets old. It makes it probably hurts somebody's feelings, but
0: well yeah, but anyway. <laughs> it
1: makes me chuck.
0: You you gained two games, Tommy. You are right now fifty six
1: and thirty five and I'm fifty and forty one. I think we should be damn proud of those considering yeah. how goofy this year has been. Maybe that's why during normal years we both finish under five hundred on a year where it makes no sense now all of a sudden we're we're the right. swami, you know, I don't know, but
0: yeah, we were talking before the show off air, and um, I saw a tweet on Twitter from uh, Mike Clay from ESPN. He was lamenting on how he was – I can't remember the exact numbers, but he was something like 58-33 and 33 against the line in like 48 and like 48-43 straight up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he goes, go figure.
1: Can't yeah, predict these. Things. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's hard to do. All right, let's start it out uh, Thursday night probably as you're listening to this, the Raiders at home taking on the Chiefs.
0: I – you know, of all the Swamis taking on the the Ra- Oakland Raiders, am not one biting that pill. I'm going Kansas City thirty, Oakland twenty.
1: There is something horribly, horribly lo- wrong with the Oakland Raiders. It's you know, it, well Derek Carr's banged up. They can't run. Back injury. Marshawn Lynch doing just doing absolutely nothing. Can't can't run the ball. Hell yeah. What what the hell about that? Well, be, well, then why don't you give us some of that action, boss? That's what we'd like. I'm just about that action, boss. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Marshawn, I get it. I get it, but you're just not getting it done. You know, you have to get it done.
0: I ain't never saying no talking with me nothing. I,
1: I, I'm not asking you to talk. I'm asking you to run the ball. Marchand. I just
0: want you to run like
1: <laughs> Yeah, That's what we could use after what he did last year. Yeah. Week. So yeah, I, I agree with you. There, there's something just really wrong there. Amari Cooper couldn't catch a cold. Yeah, you know, Crabtree's up there. He and
0: reminds down. me of um, who was the guy for Cleveland. The one year was magnificent and Braylon it, Edwards. Braylon Edwards, yeah. And the next year he couldn't catch the flu if, if you coughed I mean, it
1: on him. That's the year was horrible. I remember in the Caveman Draft. You went a die. And Edwards back to back, and put together a nice run. After that, we walked out of that draft saying, "Shit, he! Might- oh, <laughs> I think I, I just cursed. <laughs> He's not going to lose a game." And what happened? I think you, would you go, about four and No, <laughs> four actually, and I made eight. the
0: playoffs because why? I think in the 13th round, I
1: picked up Kurt Warner. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. But ended up just being a, a rough year. A tooth and nail battle it was a die. Every time he got tackled, it looked like he would die Oh, instantly. it was horrifying. And Edwards I... was just pathetic. Oh. Yeah, that's a good comparison, though. He's very much like Braylon. You know, it's the drops. It's the, yeah. the route running. It's everything with him. We, we've seen the talent he has if he can get it going, but I, I'm going to have to see it. So, I've got the Chiefs here, 30-17. to Interesting game coming off the bye as the Bills host the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, it really is. I, I'm really starting to buy into the Bills' defense, obviously. Their offense has to get better, but but we talked about Tampa Bay probably too much already this show. I think there's just a little something wrong there. I think Buffalo wins a squeaker 22-18.
1: Yeah, look, James, let's assume Jameis Winston plays. He's playing banged up. He's prone to the turnover, and he's playing against a defense at home coming off of a bye.
0: And he's going to be harassed. Yeah,
1: who's, who's giving up two touchdown passes versus intercepting eight. I think that's going to be the difference. It's going to be a close game, but i got the Bills here at home, 23-20. Vikings hosting the your boy Wacko for Flacco in the Ravens.
0: I will say Baltimore defense may keep this close. But you can run on Baltimore's defense. I like Minnesota 19, Baltimore 10. I, I don't even know how they're going to get 10.
1: Yeah, that, that's what you want, right? They'll return a kick or a yeah. fumble or something. That's how they've kept themselves in. Yeah, I think the Vikings you know, at home, these things start to compound, even on a guy who's won a title like Joe Flagg. It just starts to compound. And it gets worse and worse. And each performance has been worse than the last for Joe Flacco this year. And the cure for that is not going to Minnesota and playing that defense. Right. So I've got the Vikings here, 27-17. Your boy Jake Cutler and the Dolphins coming off a big comeback winner, hosting the Jets. This one tormented me, Rick, trying to pick this game.
0: This one did too. And you know what? I, I'm – I still think that this supernova hasn't burned out quite yet, and I'm going with Josh McCowan and the Jets in a tight one,
1: 24-20. Really, this has come down. You're picking between Jay Cutler and Josh McCowan. Right. (laughs) You know what? I look at the Jets' defense has been playing really good. You know, your boy – Ajayi had himself a big week last week maybe he can just do enough i just you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop on this jets team you know you're saying it's going to be one more week yeah yeah, yeah. dolphins 13 10 i don't know there okay. <laughs> you go hey you can flip a i don't know yeah there you go i don't know that's really my answer but i'll go to the dolphins all right i'm looking forward to this one rick as the rams host the cardinals
0: you know everything tells me tells me the way the offense is playing to take the cardinals they travel so badly when they head east and they are going way east over to england yeah and i'm going rams 24 <laughs> Cardinals, 21. I
1: had considered that. That is butt far <laughs> Yeah, I guess the Rams are they're hosting, but not really hosting. All right. Yeah, if, if they can't play in Philadelphia at 1 o'clock, what are they going to do in London? It doesn't change my pick. I had the Rams here, but that makes me feel even better about it. I think maybe London finally gets a good game here. It never happens, but maybe they finally get a good one. I'm going to take the Rams, 28-21. And
0: that is um in... Twickenham Stadium. Twickenham. Twi- twickenham. That's a twickenham.
1: Oh, God. I wanted
0: to say that. That's why. You just I, you wanted know. to say Twickenham? Twickenham. I like <laughs> Twickenham. <laughs> well, we got a title, <laughs> don't we? How do you spell
1: Twickenham? Twick. Ian e. Ham. All right, I could handle that. So, don't be surprised when you see that pop up on your iTunes feed. All right, Rick Colts coming off uh, another really second-half drubbing, similar to what happened with Seattle after a good first half, hosting the Jaguars coming off uh, another boondoggle at home. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Look, I, I just think Jacksonville's a better team, and I know their offense sputters. And you have to keep an eye on Leonard Fournette. I don't know if we mentioned that, uh, you know, for this week, all you fantasy owners, you know, his ankle, you know, a little banged up still. They're not saying ahead. I, I dare say he probably will play. They're playing at Indianapolis, but I still like Jacksonville. I'm going 32-23.
1: Go back and look at it. It's every other week.
0: No, oh, I know. Well, so I should say 64-3 to or Sort what? of
1: what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, you drub Baltimore in, in jolly old England, and you come back and you lose to the Jets. Then you follow that up and you drub the Steelers on the road. And you come back and you lay an egg at home last week. So, just by nature, the Jaguars are going to win this one. I'll go 37 24. It might be 47 24. You just never know with this Jags team. All right, and the unfortunately Aaron Rodgersless Packers hosting the Saints.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I was actually looking forward to this on the schedule. Um, I f- still think it's going to be a pretty good game. New Orleans defense has been over and above what it should be the last three weeks. I think I think Huntley will be able to score some points. They still have talent on that team, but I still like Drew Brees, 33-27 New Orleans.
1: I have watched enough Saints football over the last however many years. To come to this conclusion, everything, everything about this says the New Orleans Saints should win, right? Find a good balance in offense. Mark Ingram, get rid of Adrian Peterson. Mark Ingram can run the ball again. Defense is playing ten steps ahead of what you think they should do. Going against a team with a bad defense, a banged up offensive line, and Brent Hunley at quarterback. So it's obvious the Saints win, right? No, sir, that is not what they do. They find ways to lose games like this. And my upset pick of the week, I had the Packers in Lambeau beating Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints 31-30. to <laughs> You don't like it? Ooh, I tell you, the audience doesn't like I'm that under- one, Rick. Yeah, calm down. Hey, please. I've watched enough Saints football to know this is just the kind of game they're going to lose. <laughs> this is just what they do.
0: It's very possible. I mean, look, Green Bay is good enough to beat anybody,
1: even they don't have Rodgers, yeah. but – I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put my real money on this, but for banging my gums together sure. on this podcast, <laughs> that, that's a pick I feel pretty good about. All right, uh, Bears. Hard to figure out what to make of them. Play everybody tight. Never know what you're going to get with Mitchell Trubisky hosting the Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Chicago for for being last place last year, it seems like their schedule's pretty tough. They play in Pittsburgh, you know, and now Carolina and so forth. Chicago's got a good defense, but, you know, they're very limited on offense. I I just like I think it's going to be a good game, but I like Carolina,
1: 24-17. Yeah, I tried for all the world to find a scenario where the Bears win this game. It's going to be a field goal game, right? You, you just know it. That seems to be the way the Bears are playing football. I think the Panthers just have too much, even with this Kelvin Benjamin concern. And I'll take the Pan- Panthers here in a close one, 20-17. All right, boy, you're Cleve Brownies hosting those Tennessee Titans.
0: Every week I look for a team – And I did for, what, two weeks in a row? Yes, you did. Cleveland to upset somebody. It ain't going to be this week against Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee in a close one, though, 26-24.
1: Titans 125, Browns 3. 49ers hosting the Cowboys coming off the bye.
0: Oh, I think Dallas comes back, and they look good. And I think they double them up. I have it 34-17. I just don't think uh, San Francisco has what it takes to compete with Dallas. And Dallas is in a much must-win situation yeah. at 2-3. and three.
1: Yeah, that's a big one there. 49ers play everybody within a field goal. I think this is the week that ends, and I think the Cowboys rock them. I got this thing 33-13. Chargers in L.A. in that 8,000-seat stadium that will be full of everybody's fans but their own hosting the Broncos coming off just a terrible loss.
0: They are, and they're banged up. We talked about that. We talked about Simeon. We talked about C.J. Anderson. Uh, The defense is a little banged up. We talked about what the Chargers could have been if they had Nick Novak from week one. I think Chargers are a lot better team than two and four. I know they always find ways to lose games, but I'm going upset special of the week. Chargers, 27. Denver, 24.
1: You're right on the surface when we're talking about football. I I couldn't agree more. I really believe the psyche of this team, when they walk into that stadium that's already tiny as it is, and you've got 27,000 people wearing somebody else's color. It just feels to me like playing a home game for this L.A. Chargers team is like a gut punch, and, and it's just another road game. And I think that's where they struggle, especially here at home. And when I say home, I'm doing the air quotes. So I'm going to go the Broncos here 24-21 because the Chargers really, really like losing by a field goal. That's like their favorite thing to do, even more than commuting from San Diego to L.A. like, you're, like your boy. <laughs> Uh, the, the the I wanted to call him Kirk Cousins, but that's not his name. Phil Rivers Fair. likes to do. All right, Rick. Uh, the game we'll be watching obviously moved to four o'clock as the Steelers coming off a just a big big win and a surprise win to me hosting the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Yeah, this game this is another dangerous game. They're coming off a bye. They're they're put two wins together. Uh, Cincinnati, I'm talking about. Pittsburgh looked like they put it together last week, and then the drama comes out. Marte was Brian, blah, blah, blah. I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going Pittsburgh 24, Cincinnati 21.
1: Yeah, I got it. Steelers 26 23. It'll be a field goal game, it'll be a struggle. Even whatever struggle Cincinnati has defensively, they get up for this game. This is the Bengals' rivalry. I don't know if the Steelers consider them their top rivalry, but I think the Bengals consider the Steelers that they'll get up for it. You know, what will be interesting to see is what they did to minimize and really take Kareem Hunt out of that game, say, for really two big pass plays is what redeemed Kareem Hunt from a fantasy standpoint last week. Can they apply that to the three-headed monster, if you want to call it that? The, maybe a toothless monster, but it's a three-headed, you know, attack there. And since you take them out and let Andy Dalton try to beat you, I think that's how the Steelers find a way and they win this thing by a field goal. Giants coming off a stunner went last week, hosting the Seattle Seahawks, also coming off a bye.
0: I don't think they're going to stun anybody this week. I, I I think it'll probably be close. Seattle's offense isn't that spectacular, and Giants' defense at least
1: is playing pretty good. I'm going
0: Seattle 21, New York 17. Yeah, 24-13
1: Seattle. Everything you said, no more to give there. This is one everybody's head circled on the calendar all year, Sunday night football, Super Bowl rematches, the Patriots host the Falcons.
0: Yeah, Tom Brady in primetime. After blowing yet another lead last week, I'm going New, New England 32, Atlanta 28.
1: I struggled with this one, Rick, because it is stupid. It's asinine. It's idiotic to pick against Tom Brady, really, any week, right? You know, they're going to go 12-4, and and 13-3. Here's what I look look at. If there's any pride in Atlanta, and I don't know how you have any pride left after what you let Jay Cutler (laughs) do to you after you have a 17-point lead, Here's the New England Patriots last week gave up over 300 yards to Josh G.D. McCown. I just don't know how they slow down what I would think would be a motivated and ticked off Atlanta offense. I just think it. You, there is every possibility Matt Ryan could throw for 400 yards in this game. I, I don't, by hook or by – this is just gut feeling, revenge factor, the poor defense in New England. I'm going to take the Falcons here to exact a little bit of revenge, 37-34. to 34. All right. Again, another one I'll bang my gums about, but I don't think I'd put any (laughs) money on it. And Monday Night Football, probably the first decent Monday Night Football game of the 2017 season is the Eagles host the Redskins.
0: We talked about this a little bit earlier on. This is a big game. And I am going – I think it's going to be a mild upset. I like Washington 28, Philadelphia 24.
1: Yeah, if you go back in the the history, the recent history – of these two teams. They split. That is just what they do. It doesn't matter who's up, who's down, who's all around. These two teams split. They already played in week one in Washington. It was a close game, a good game. The Eagles slipped away with that one. So yeah, I think on paper the Eagles should win this game, but just knowing what division rivalries are and the way these things play out, the patterns that develop, I'm forced to take the Redskins here on the road 27-24. All right. All right, well, let's move on. Last part, the most important segment of the week, Rick. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Just
0: send a fax or send me a letter or give me a call that would even You've got mail
1: there it is you can get your questions read at asylum football on twitter asylum at gmail.com let's do it richard well i always start with short and sweet big ben or phil rivers all right so you got ben at home going which used to be a really big factor Going against Cincinnati, you got Rivers at sort of home, <laughs> I guess. Who the heck's uh, Sandy, or San Diego? Denver. Playing Denver. Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like anything I've seen out of him this season, but I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. Rivers, even in wins, has been very, very underwhelming. Yeah, he's year.
0: very pedestrian. But, yeah, I'd have to go with Ben in this one, even though not real thrilled about it. But um, I think at home against Cincinnati, it, it could be – He could put up a few points. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I'd have to go with uh, Roethlisberger. PPR, and I need a flex. Okay. Duke Johnson, Orleans Darkwa,
1: Randall Cobb. Okay. I think this is a war of attrition right here, and Duke Johnson's one left standing. Darkwa would have been my pick against probably 26 other teams in the league. Seattle isn't that team. Um, Who was the third one? Randall Cobb. Right. Third receiver on a team that just lost Aaron Rodgers. You know, and it seemed to be in, in a brief time with Brent Hundley, it didn't seem to be because you always wonder who is the second, third, fourth wide receiver that the backup QB has a rapport with. We see this over and over again, right, Rick? But it didn't appear to be Randall Cobb last week. So, you know, especially in a PPR by default, this is Duke Johnson.
0: You got it. Pick two in PPR. You got your little pencil? Oh, I'm ready. CJ Anderson. Okay. Matt Forte. Okay. Frank Gore. Doug Martin.
1: Ooh, boy. I'll tell you what, I'm not crazy about any of these guys. I think work workload based alone, Doug Martin's the obvious one here, right? I think we, we he right. gets he gets the most work. Don't love the matchup in Buffalo. But especially if you have a limited, a limited Jameis Winston. I think they may try to feature the running game more. Boy, the rest of this gets really tough. You know, C.J. Anderson's the, the best name on that list, but we, we talked about him earlier in the show. That makes me nervous. You, you're on you're in, in Los Angeles playing the Chargers, not the greatest run defense. They're just sort of middle of the pack. You know, Forte, do you ever trust Matt Forte? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Powell's situation is this week, if he's going to be back. Frank Gore, you know, if you want to average three yards a carry and get two catches – Against Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, for everything I said early on, I think all the upside lays with C.J. Anderson, doesn't it? I think it's C.J. Anderson. I hate it, but I think it's C.J. Anderson here. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, you know,
0: it's him or Forte to me. I mean, Frank Gore to me against Jacksonville – like you said, he's probably going to get the workload, but I mean it's it's going to be your 40 yards yep. and a couple of catches or whatever, but You're uh you sitting know sitting around f- praying for a touchdown. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think for I think Anderson is probably a little little safer than Forte. I think the upside with Forte
1: possibly
0: if if Piles out, that, that's but, that's the big if. But, yeah, I, th- I think right now we I'd go Anderson. But, yeah, Martin's certainly number one. Ooh, blow it up.
1: Oh, already. We're blowing it up. Hold on. i got to get back to the other bank. Oh, here. We're doing so much stick on this show. I've yeah. got four pages of sounds now.
0: I was offered Jordy Nelson for Chris Hogan and PPR. Should I?
1: Oh, boy. If you asked that question three weeks ago, we'd have laughed about it, right? That's – oh, man. Oh, Jordy Nelson, I, I still think he's going to get his even without Aaron Rodgers. But Chris Hogan just quietly just keeps putting up numbers, Rick. You, you got him in front of you. What's, what's Chris Hogan's numbers look like?
0: Well, I, I'm looking at them right now. The, the biggest advantage – well, the only advantage is Jordy Nelson has six touchdowns. Chris Hogan has five. Jordy Nelson has 25 catches to Hogan's twenty-four, and Hogan has three hundred seven yards to Nelson's 290. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Right. I I think no, I keep Chris Hogan.
1: Oh, so he's he's on the he's on the Hogan end. Yeah. All right. I was looking at it the other way around. I, I think you're right, Rick. I mean, what what I'm looking at with Hogan is we always have this this bad of inconsistency with, with anybody not named Tom Brady in the Patriots offense, right? You know, Dion Lewis is getting all the freaking work. Thanks a lot for that. I own a bunch of Mike Gillisley stock. You know what I mean? So let's work our way back here. Uh, one for eight, five for 78, four for 68, five for 68 for 74 last week, kind of the outlier one for 19. Yeah. I think I'm gonna stick with Chris Hogan here. You know, you love to get Georgia this some sort of keeper league or something. You think about this move, but I, I like Hogan in that offense better than I like Jordy Nelson in Brett Hundley's offense. Yeah. That, I, I can't mean, believe I'm it, saying
0: this. I can't either. But if I have to gamble right and let's not, you know, let's face facts. I mean, Devontae Adams is in that offense as well. And right now he has more catches and more yards than Jordy Nelson. So, you know, Nelson, certainly not a second fiddle, but he's got plenty of, of work going to Devontae Adams. Brandon Cooks. Hey, basically his competition's Gronk, right? And and Brady likes to spread it around. I mean, Brandon Cooks has only been out there. He's been out there six games. He only's had two bad ones. Yeah, it's you're going to have a couple of stinkers, but I I think. With the upsides there, you know, with Brady in there, your chances are good that you could have some nice numbers.
1: Yeah, and when you look at it, and you know, now you go in and look at Jordy's numbers. So, so here we go: seven seventy nine, six for fifty two, four for seventy five, two for these. These are very, even very similar week to week stat lines. They're basically right. putting up the same numbers. So now it becomes becomes about the quarterback for me and the competition around you. I can't believe it's Chris Hogan. Yeah, I stick, agree. Stick with Chris Hogan.
0: All right, I need a wide receiver and a flex in standard scoring okay. out of these four. Jermaine Kearse. Okay. Devin Funches. Okay. Orleans Darkwa.
1: Okay.
0: Deion Lewis.
1: All uh. right. I knew those Dion Lewis questions <laughs> were going to start. We we made it seven weeks oh, for, yeah. before we got Without the first, one. one. it it was all last year. Every week somebody's trying to find an excuse to start Dion Lewis, even while he was hurt. You know, should I pick him up? When should I pick him up? Should I pick him up? So Funchess is the obvious one for me here, especially on this list. And if Kelvin Benjamin's nicked up, he's going to get his targets. Yeah, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the show. What's the success rate going to be? I don't know, but give me the guy with the targets here. So now we got Orleans Darkwa. Against that Seattle defense, Dion Lewis, you you're ready to trust him yet? Or, or Kurt? Uh, Kurt, Curse, uh, uh, I just don't know. I'm actually playing him in a 16 a team. I league, mean,
0: Curse, right? 20, 26 catches, 299 yards, and three touchdowns. I, I think I will gamble with him. I mean, Deion Lewis, hey, I mean, it, it's. No, I'm not touching this, this is touching between him. Darkwa
1: and Curse for me. <sighs> yeah, Darqua going against, what, Seattle this week, is it? Yeah, I don't like the matchup, but you know, he's got a better chance of getting in the end zone. This is a standard league. That's the only thing tripping me up on this. True. This is a standard league. darqua has got a much, much better chance uh, of getting in the end zone here. So, I'm going to go the way of Darkwa, Rick. I, I think they like what they said. They're going to force feed him the ball. The results might not going be there. Might not be there, but again, I think this this question becomes all about opportunity. Funches is going to see the ball a lot more, especially if Benjamin is limited. And Darqua, success or no, I think is going to see the ball a ton because we saw against that Denver defense, they had no interest in even throwing the ball. And you may see a similar thing going up against Seattle. So for, I don't like Darqua this week. He was my sit at, at running back. But in this scenario, I'm going Funches-Darqua. Oh, drum roll.
0: We disagree. I have to go curse in this one. I just don't. I just don't like uh, that New York offense at all against Seattle. I think think he's going to be seeing eight in a box all day long. He may. So I'm going curse, and you're you're, and you're wrong.
1: You're allowed to be wrong. It's okay.
0: Okay. Let's see here. PPR. Adam Thielen, Doug Baldwin, Nelson Aguilar.
1: I only get one of those. Yeah. Well, you can throw Aguilar out then.
0: See, to me, I, I get—we get a few emails like that, and I get—I get the feeling that some of these, and I'll say, newbies or, or rookies, rubes and boobs, read a lot of this no runback strategies and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Then they look and they say, "Gee, I'm only starting two wide receivers," <laughs> you, you know. And it's like, and then you come up with situations like this.
1: Yeah, because who who are your top two, or your top one? Or your I top guess. one? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. That the Baldwin isn't a lockdown start, and Thielen isn't either playing or the first. Uh, anyhow, so whatever. The question is what it is. Boy, you want it?
0: I tell you what, I'm going to Adam Thielen th- in PPR. If he's D- a target monster. If
1: Diggs is out, this is Thielen for me. If Diggs ends up playing, which it's not looking good, right? If I if I have that correct, it's early yeah. in the week. If Diggs is out, this is Thielen. If Diggs plays, I still think Thielen gets his work. But it's Doug Baldwin, man. Come on. So I think it's Baldwin if Diggs plays. It's Thielen if Diggs is out.
0: Yeah, but Thielen is blowing Baldwin's numbers away oh, yeah. for the season. You're probably and, right. uh No, I think it's I think it's Thielen hands down. Quite frankly. Until Baldwin starts exploding, which I think he will later on. I think Seattle's about ready to kick it into high gear.
1: I feel like this but is the third season in a row. We've sat here about yep. mid October and said, Is Doug Baldwin gonna get it going? Is it time to think about benching him? And then the next week you look up he caught nine for one ninety two yep. and three touchdowns. And that week could come any week now. Okay, here's uh
0: we can we can play the the blow up button, it's but it's a commissioner question. <laughs>
1: Are we going to blow up a league? Can we blow up a whole league?
0: I am a commissioner. I am commissioner in my league. One team, and we've talked about this in years past, okay. one team is 0-6. Ah, yes. A trade was accepted where the 0-6 team gives Jordan Howard and Pierre Garçon oh, wow. okay. for Orleans, Darqua, and Deshaun Jackson from a 5-1 and one team in PPR. This deal sounds fishy to me. What do you guys
1: think? Well, on its surface, in a vacuum, this trade, I wouldn't make this trade, right? I'm not giving up Jordan Howard for anybody, especially Darqua and Deshaun Jackson. But it's none of your damn business. There's nothing fundamentally unfair about this. And this guy with Jordan Howard and Pierre Garçon is 0-6. So he's trying to... anything different. You cannot, (laughs) I almost swore again, you can't reject a trade. You can't override a trade because you don't think it looks good on paper. Do you see any collusion here? Do you have any reason to believe that this move is in collusion to bolster a championship for this other team? Absent some true Evidence of this, the the answer is you put the trade through, get over yourself, and shut your cake hole. That's what you do with this with this trade.
0: You know, I've been a commissioner for God, how many years? I mean, probably fifteen or and the more. man's been going on for 10 going, now. Yeah, so yeah, probably closer to twenty. I guess I've been a commissioner, and yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's fishy. This guy's zero and six, and he's probably either has sucked for a long time and never really learns anything, or he's new at it. And and this guy's putting in a savvy deal. He's selling Orleans Dark Wahai, Mm -hmm. and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, it's not right. It's It's a crappy deal, but there's no collusion. This guy's going to end up 0-12 or whatever it is. But you can't say no. Now, if they were... You know, if somebody said, "Hey, man, I saw them at a bar talking about you know splitting money and this okay. that and the other," that's, that's the different. O- that's the only scenario where you can veto a trade. If that's if this is the only facts that you have, you just hit accept and watch this guy go yeah. six and one, eight and one, whatever.
1: Yeah. Your job as a commissioner is not to protect the stu. You know, this is, your your fantasy football league isn't a socialist society. You know, it's it's not a chicken for every pot. You're not seeking parity in your league. You are looking only when you look at trades. You are looking only for collusion. That that's the only thing you're looking at. If this guy's an idiot, if he's stupid, and if he's zero six with Jordan with Jordan Howard and Pierre Garcon. He's a donkey. All right. He's a putt. So there's clearly something very your job is not to protect him from yourself. Your job is also not to protect the rest of the league, including yourself, when that's what I suspect this is really about. Protecting yourself <laughs> from the guy who's five and one, making his team better. That's not what your job is either. No. The the deal is it. Is it bad? Yes. Is it fundamentally unfair? No. If it's made right. in good faith right. and just made by a stupid person the with boob. a savvy person, <laughs> yeah. the, hit accept, get over yourself, get better, and shut your face. And start trading with this zone 6 yeah. guy. Yeah, what else has he got? Clean him out. Pick <laughs> that bone clean. Right. Come on. What are you doing? You know, if the guy I don't know why I'm passionate about that. That ticks me off because I've been in leagues and I've left leagues where commissioners sure. try to play this. You betcha. I mean, they want to be a dictator. We had an old commissioner <laughs> that yeah, was that did. way, and it doesn't work. Oh, and, that old hippie. Well, he wasn't but, old, but that hippie.
0: But, yeah, like you said, pick the carcass clean because, look, if this guy doesn't want to be a carcass, then he's going to need to learn right. how to pick a team and throw one together You know, and, and, and stay con- competitive. No, you're not going to be 10 and – three every year, no. but you can still be six and seven and ruin a lot of people's right, years. Right. You know
1: you know and well whatever. He clearly he's a dummy. He saw one big week out of Darqua. I don't know what he's seen in Deshaun. It, it doesn't matter. I'm not breaking this trade down. You you hit accept and unless you you have good proof of collusion, simple as that. <laughs> A wide, wide world of sports is going on here. I agree. Simple as that. Shut your cake hole. That's what it comes down to.
0: Russell Wilson at the New York Giants. All right. For Carson Palmer in England versus the Rams.
1: (laughs) Wilson makes me nervous. That Giants defense is better than we think. Wilson will get it going. I don't know when. I don't like your point. That is sticking with me, and I'm going to think about it the whole way through, of just how far east Arizona's going. They don't travel well. So so I'm going to take Russell Wilson, even with Palmer. Last couple games looking better, coming off a huge game last week. Yeah. This is Russell Wilson for me. That team doesn't travel east well at all.
0: No, I think I'm going to um, slightly go with Russell Wilson, too. Just on the account... He's put up 154 yards rushing in a touchdown, and everything else washing out. I mean, I know Carson Palmer's going to probably throw more, but he's probably going to throw more picks. So, yeah, I'm going Russell Wilson, but I think it's close.
1: Yeah, I, you might be all right either way on this one, but you're safe for bets Wilson.
0: Okay, a couple more here. Derek Henry or Tevin Coleman in PPR.
1: Oh Coleman. They'll get him involved in the past. Yeah, I, I game. think it's I think it's just Yeah, that's yeah. easy. Don't 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 get and let Let's just say it's not supposed to happen. If DeMarco Murray's out, what would your answer be to that question? If he was out
0: It comp- might still comp- be
1: Coleman this week.
0: I, I think I would go Henry, well, just common sense if DeMarco Murray's touches, out, yeah. yeah. But if he's playing, I think it's Coleman. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. look, let's let Antonio Freeman is going to get a ton
1: too. So. Antonio Freeman, well, you oh, you got yeah, yourself in a way back Whoa, machine, Devontae, Yeah, the way way yeah. back machine there. I yeah. like it. Oh, we we have a pick for the for the website now. Antonio Freeman. Yeah, I, man,
0: boy, I tell you what, that's been a long time since I've yeah, been, you went in a way yeah, back machine there. I love
1: it. Brett Favre's excited. though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, me and
0: Brett, we were playing cards last ah, week, yeah, talking I, about it,
1: Tony. Yeah, I figure. You, you guys drink a lot of whiskey and wear those copper underwear and oh, yeah, that, copper that, fit, baby. that beard trimmer thing together.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I sit down in the toilet. I don't want to hurt when I stand back <laughs> up. Okay, last one here, folks. Blow it up.
1: Oh, nice. end on a high note.
0: PPR. All right. I was offered Jarvis Landry... For Michael Thomas.
1: Okay. You were offered Landry for Michael Thomas. I was waiting for these to come in, a little bit of the, the panic scenario with Michael Thomas. He's been good but unspectacular. He didn't take the leap. Didn't, didn't I have him in the top five preseason, Rick? And yeah. I've had to back way off of that. You know, Jarvis Landry, again, just doing what Jarvis Landry does. Did you say, was this a PPR? Yeah. I would think about it. I think the ceiling's just so much higher on Michael Thomas in a Drew Brees led offense. You know, Jarvis Landry, he's doing his thing, but he's doing it with Jay Cutler. I just, it would be a reasonable deal. It's worth considering, but I would sleep a hell of a lot better at night with, with my number one wide receiver catching passes from Drew Brees versus catching them from, from Jay Cutler. I'm, I'll stick with Michael Thomas here, but it's a good question. I, I, like, the, I like the deal.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what. In, in PPR rig, I'm sitting here looking at the number. I mean, Jarvis Landry has ten more catches than Michael Thomas,
1: and he's going to probably top a hundred. That's what catches. I, I imagine. Problem is, he averages five and a half yards a catch, which has always been the knock on him. Well, yeah, I mean, he'll probably be
0: your eight, nine hundred
1: yards, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wish Kenny Stills would, would get lost at sea and he could start getting in the end zone a little more. Every time they get down there, oh here comes Kenny Stills again.
0: Kenny has Jarvis Landry has two touchdowns, the same as Michael Thomas. Right. Michael Thomas, I agree. You have Drew
1: Brees. It's just an upside thing. Jarvis Landry's the better receiver right now in fantasy football. It's just the upside on of a of a Thomas. I, I can't give that up.
0: Yeah, and then you always go back to the
1: you know he did have
0: a stinker against Detroit, but all in all, he's been right around. Well, he's had a couple of touchdowns, which which put him over the twenty mark. But I mean, you know, he's been right around fifteen points a game. Yeah, fantasy wise, Michael Thomas, he has to start catching some touchdowns. Oh boy, it's close. I think I'll go Thomas They're,
1: just just because of you. Go to go to the quarterback. Yeah. There and know, but I think that's the point. They are close enough on most everything else you know, maybe yards per catch balancing out the 10-catch disparity. They are close enough that I'll just take the upside play here yeah. in Michael Thomas because I think we agree the upside's side I agree. All right. Well, okay, let's do-
0: that is it. Uh-oh.
1: You're having problems. There it comes. Oh, I hit the wrong button. That's why I'm That's okay. problems. Let's hit that one. <laughs> Start this over again. All right, thanks so much for joining us here on fakepigskin.com. You can be part of the mailbag at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Keep those questions coming in right up till Sunday game time. We will answer them. Some of them will be read on the show. We'll be back next week. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Yeah, boy, I'm about to show me a city slicker How to kick it in my sticks with the critters that I'm